Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today is sponsored in loving memory, Alfred Sutton, Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Abraham, Ben Zarif, Alava Shalom, sponsored by Morris A. Sutton. As well, breakfast is sponsored in loving memory, Lilu Nishmat Obadia, Ben Yafa, Alava Shalom, sponsored by the Harari family. Rabotai, the Pasuk says, when we're building the Aron, that you will build the Badim, you will build the poles, and you will put them in the Taba'ot, in the rings, in the corner of the Aron. Lo yesuru imenu, the Badim are never to be removed from the Aron. Fascinating this idea. Never to be removed. Now, why are there Badim? Why are these poles there? What is the function of the poles? The function of the poles is really to transport this, uh, the Aron. Why would we say that this item for transportation needs to stay in the Aron? In fact, some of the other Badim, they would be removed when the item would be stationary. So why is it when it comes to the Aron, do the Badim, do the poles, how come they're not removed at all? And there's a tremendous lesson here. In order to understand the lesson, I want to share with you a fascinating story. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but my beard is not so long. I have one of those invisible beards, okay? Some people, his black, beard's black, some people's beard is white. My beard is invisible, okay? So the item is, the, it's also on the inside, Yanni. Uh, that's why it grows maybe out of your ears and your nose, because the beard's on the inside. Okay, The point here, Rabotai, is because, is, is to, uh, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because they tell, they repeat this amazing story. That the grandfather of Rashi, of the great commentator, a thousand years ago, his name was Rashi, he had a very, very, very long beard. And every day, what would he do? Every, sorry, Erev Shabbat, before Shabbat would come in, he would clean the bima. What does it mean, the bima? Sometimes you refer to the bima, you think about the place where the hazan says the tefillah. But the bima that we're referring to here was the platform upon which the Aaron Kodesh, where the sifarim were kept, where the sifarim Torah were kept. He would brush and clean the stage of the Aaron Kodesh with his long beard every Friday. Is that not remarkable? First of all, if that's a beard that Santa Claus would not kill for, I don't know, that's you know, that extra special, okay? That's a very, very long beard. However, the point is, however long the beard was, maybe he kind of lowered his head a little bit, but every Friday, it wasn't because they were missing a broom. It was because Rav Yeruchim, the, the mashkiach of the Mir Yeshiva, used to say he would turn himself into a broom, into a mop, to be able to clean up, to be able to honor and sanctify the glory and the kavod of the Torah. Think about that for one second. People would watch this tzaddik, this tamid chacham, humiliate himself, turn himself literally into a dust rag in order to be able to clean in front of the Sefer Torah. We saw the same idea with David HaMelech, who was dancing with all of his energy in front of the Aaron when they were bringing it to the Beit HaMikdash. And his wife said to Michal, she said, you're dancing like a commoner. And he said, ve'od'ech. This is my honor and my privilege to, be, to, to humble myself and to give glory to the Torah. Why am I mentioning this idea? The sha- in Sha'aret Teshubah, Rebbeinu Yonah writes something remarkable. He says that one of the greatest sins in all of the Torah is something we mentioned upstairs in the Halakha, is someone who says, Shh, is someone who says the name of God with hands that are not clean or in a makom mitunaf. He says God's name maybe in the bathroom or in a place where there's not clean, it's no cleanliness. 
or his hands is not clean, they're full of mud or full of dirt or full maybe that he's not washed his hands since he went to the bathroom. One of the biggest sins in the Torah, he says, the Mifarshim ask on Rabbeinu Yonah, what are you talking about? There's no karet, there's no, you know, mitabite shamayim, they're not killing you in a bed, Dean, for this, for this avon. Why is he making such a big deal out of it? And the answer is, Rabotai, that there are certain mitzvot, and there are certain things which are hamur, that are important, and they're very, very, very grave to transgress, because the element itself is something which is very, very important. But there's certain other things that the reason why they're important is not because the avon itself is so hamur, so strict, but rather because the impact and the outcome of not doing that or not standing upon a circumstance in that situation can have disastrous results. What does the aron stand on if not for the bimah? If you're taking Seder Chachamim, if you have the stage of the Aron Kodesh, upstairs you have a couple steps up where the Aron sits on. If you're using that to cut across to make a shortcut, what, everything the Torah stands on is that honor. The honor the which, the pedestal upon which we place the Torah is the way we treat it and the way that we see it. If you look at the Torah as something which is elevated, you pay attention to its mitzvot. You're very careful with its ma'asim tovim and with its averot and mitzvot. However, if the area which is there to elevate the Torah is desecrated like a rishut tarabim, it's not elevated. If you could say God's name and God's name is not pristine, it's not pure, it's not holy, you're not paying attention to the circumstances in which I mention God's name then you know what happens. God's name for you, the words of Torah for you, become commonplace. They become something that you're willing to say here or there. And therefore, we're not, we're not guarding it as carefully as we need to be. Rabotai, that's why saying Hashem's name in a, in a place which is not clean or with hands that are unclean, says Rabbeinu Yonah, is so important. Now we come back to our original question. Says the Pasuk that the Badim of the Aaron, are never ever to be removed from the Aaron. Our Chachamim teach us that the implication of the Badim, that which holds up the Aaron, which holds up what's in the Aaron, the broken pieces of the Luchot, and maybe the whole Luchot as well, both of them. As well, according to one opinion, the original Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. According to other opinions, it was on a shelf on a little ledge that came out of the Aaron. But either way, the point is that the Aaron stood for the kavod of the Torah. Those people who pay for, who support yeshivot, who support the study of Torah, of Talmud Torah, who pay for programs for people who are not aware of the beauty of Torah, to get them involved, those people, they are the badeha Aaron. They are the poles that hold up the Aaron. And therefore, lo yasuru mimenu, they will never be taken away. They never are removed from the Aaron itself. I want you to understand the implication. Those badim, one could think they're there for the journey. They're there for when the Torah is on the move. But when the Torah is settled, then you can take it out. When the Aaron is on the floor, you don't need to have the badim there anymore. However, what we learn is, while the person's on the journey, while they're traveling, through the journey of life, they have the benefit of closeness and connection and beracha from their attachment to, to, to the Torah, but also after, not just Vayihi bin Soha Aaron, 
when the Aaron is moving, but also when the Aaron gets put down, think of where else you hear that word. The Aaron is also the thing that we put someone's body in after 120 years. Even after the Aaron has stopped traveling, the Badim are not removed. In Olam Haba, the person reaps the benefit of having supported Torah in such a beautiful way in this world. Rabotai, the Musar here is unbelievable. There was once a young boy who saw someone else in the class. He, his father gave him for his birthday a beautiful wallet. The kid's showing off the wallet. Everyone in the class is looking. It's the finest leather. It has an inscription on it with his name. He's showing them the pockets. All the kids are going majnun. One kid comes back. He doesn't come from such a wealthy family. He doesn't have so much money. He says to his father, you know, my friend, you don't understand. He brought this wallet to school today. Daddy, it was so cool. It was so sharp. I want to have a wallet like that. The father says, let me cut you off. I don't have the money to spend on buying a handcrafted leather wallet with your name on it. It's not so important. I'm really sorry, but I'm not. The, thought, the son says to his dad, no, I know, of course. I'm not going to ask you to buy it, but I just thought, you know what, I get my allowance. If I put away a dollar here, a dollar there, after a little while, I also will be able to have the wallet. The, the father looks at his son, he puts his hands, he cups his face in his hands, and he says, Rohi, sweetheart. You're going to gather all the money that you have and you're going to buy a wallet. But then what are you going to have to put in the wallet? <laughs> Says the Pasuk, Asuli Mikdash, build for me a sanctuary. You have some, some people, they spent all their money in building a beautiful shul, but then they have no money to sponsor the programs that they need in order to fill the shul. If you're going to build the wallet and you have nothing to put inside the wallet, the Asuli Mikdash, but there's no Vishakhanti Bitocham, what have you done? It's so important, Rabotai, to have a bima, something that elevates the Torah, to respect, to raise it up, to put it on a pedestal. But you know what? After you put the Torah on the pedestal, we spent all the money and all the effort to do all these beautiful things. What do we have to put in the beautiful vessels that we've created? What after we've built a Jewish school? What is the Jewish school communicating to the kids? Are they coming home with a good education? Are they understanding how to read, how to lead the services? Do they know the parashat? Do they know about Judaism? Someone once said to me, he said, I send my kid to a Jewish school and after so many years of paying so much money, my kid is just like my neighbor's kid who went to the public school system, who paid for a little bit of tutoring here and there. I can't believe I wasted my money. I don't think it's a waste of money, Rabotai. I think that there's tremendous amount that people get from sending their children to yeshiva. But I also think that our yeshivot have a duty of care to be able to provide a product that you weren't just sitting in the Asuli Mikdash, you built a holy school, but that also v'shachadi b'tocham, that there's something that actually resides in that after the journey is done. That the badim aloyasuru mimenu, that they travel along with the person for the duration of their entire life. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. Rabbi Charan.